Well, Aloha Mission Church, it is so good to be back again to see you. Didn't Pastor Jeff do a great job last Sunday bringing the word? Amen. I haven't seen him this morning, but I just wanted to acknowledge that and personally thank him. And Pastor Jeff and I will be uh, hosting a lunch after service. Um, if you are interested today in, in finding a place of ministry and of service, and you would like to find out more information about what is, what is it about to, uh, to be a greeter or an usher here at Mission Church, you're also invited to this lunch today, and we'd love for you to come and join us. We're going to be in the fellowship hall, and uh, please come. We're going to have a great discussion on, on um, the value and the importance of having a great team of ushers and greeters today, so please come and join us. But I'm excited today to begin a brand new service with us, a brand new series called Our Story. And it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a, a series that covers about six weeks together. But on the seventh week that, we're, that, uh, that concludes this story is, is going to be a, a, a day of celebration. And you're going to hear lots more about that. Through this sermon series of, of Our Story, I hope to accomplish three things. The first thing I want to do is to let you all know that this sermon series is going to be in lieu of a membership class. So if you are a part of our church, you've been attending for years, you've not joined the church in membership. If you're watching online and you're new to us and, and you're wondering about what, what is it, how can I become a member of this church? Over the course of the next six weeks, as we talk about our story, it's a great opportunity that I thought we could use to, to have in lieu of a, a membership class. And so it's a six-part series. And the expectation, if you want to join this church, is that you're going to be a part of all six um, services that, that we hold. And in the slim chance that you're not here for one of the services, we have a chalkboard in the back of the church where you'll have to write, I will not miss church 500 times. <laughs> now, actually, we record our services, and so you can catch it online if you have missed the service. Um, so that's the first, uh, uh, the first thing I'd like to accomplish. The second thing is to tell the story of Mission Church. And, and in the short time that I have been here as your pastor, I've gotten a chance to hear the stories of how this church began. And I want you to know, we have a great story to tell. And we have invited a lot of people to help tell this story. And so over the course of the next six weeks, it's not just going to be me up here, but many other people to tell their story. And today I have invited three other people to help share the story that we're going to talk about today. And some of you I saw already um, as you walked in the foyer, saw on the bulletin board, Cindy Stockwell did a great job of posting up pictures of when the church began all the way to almost the present day. And you'll notice that the third bulletin board is kind of left empty because our story is still being told. And we're gonna, we're gonna add pictures to that, our pictures, uh, on there. But you will notice that the first bulletin board, as you're looking on it on your left side, are pictures of the earliest pictures and the earliest days of when this church began. They're black and white. You can tell, you know, they're old pictures. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I kinda thought I saw, uh, Barry Jones in one of those pictures. <laughs> I warned Barry I was gonna say that, but, um, Barry wasn't in those pictures, but, but what beautiful, what a beautiful story to tell. And so if you haven't gotten a chance to today as you exit church, 
go ahead and walk through the foyer and, and walk down memory lane and, uh, and, and get a hold of some of the beautiful pictures and the stories that are associated with our church. And the third thing I want to accomplish uh, with this sermon series is to, to renew the commitment of our current members. Now, if you're a member of this church, you might be thinking, oh, great, time to check out. I can just take the next six weeks off. No, you cannot. <laughs> what I hope to do is to renew the commitment of our current members and, um, and to remind you of the joy that it is to be a member of this great church. For the purpose for why we gather, what makes us uniquely Nazarene, and to strengthen and renew our commitment to God and to Mission Church. Our church board and our church staff met about three or four weeks ago, and we began to look at a, a, a strategic way to move forward. And the last two sermons that we preach in this series, we're going to share about the, the, the decisions and the ideas that we have of how to take Mission Church where we're at and how we're going to move forward. And that will require all of our members and our new members that join to be a part of that. So over the next six weeks, we're going to spend two weeks on the history of our church Two weeks understanding our theology and what makes us uniquely Nazarene. And then the last two weeks, we're going to talk about the expectations of membership. And so we'd love for you to join us in all of that. And then on the seventh week, this is what I'm excited about. We're going to induct our new members if you want to join the church. And we're going to call that Ohana Sunday, which means family in Hawaiian. And on that day, we're all going to don on our beautiful Aloha shirts and floral print uh, uh, clothes. We're going to have a wonderful service that celebrates the, uh, the addition of our new members and celebrates the history of this church and celebrate our story. So I'm really excited to, uh, to do all of that with you. But today, I'm going to begin our story by sharing um, the story of how the Church of the Nazarene uh, is connected um, to the story of Jesus. So I'm going to connect the dots from Jesus to all the way to how we get to the Church of the Nazarene. It's a, it's a long story, I know. Lots of history in there. But in order to do it justice and do it well, I can't, you know, just talk about church history like that. So I'm going to narrow the focus of the history that we talk about and look at the history of the message of salvation that Jesus gave to us. And take that message and follow that line all the way from when Jesus shared it <clears throat> to the birth of the Church of the Nazarene and connect the dots there. So I invite you to join me on this journey as we uh, begin our story. Because our story starts with Jesus. And through that, there are going to be other people that share a part of their story. So um, I, I'm excited for others to share that story too. When Jesus arrived on the scene, the Pharisees and the religious rulers of his day, right, they, they had a message of salvation. It was a very different message than what Jesus would, have, would teach later. Because their message for salvation was that salvation was, was for the Jewish people. But not just any Jewish person could be saved, right? Only the good ones. 
Only the ones that kept the law and, and obeyed the rituals that were handed down um, through the past. And so salvation for that the, the Pharisees taught was, was just really a very a slim margin of people that really could be saved. Salvation was for the good, right? And for those who did good. And, and we've come to know and understand that there is a phrase that we associate with salvation that is based on how good we are and excludes those that are not good, right? That, that phrase is salvation by works. You work to be saved. You're saved if, if, if you keep all the rules and the laws of, of the church. Now, I will tell you that for me, salvation that way is very daunting. And, and I kind of wonder if I would make the cut, your pastor, if it was all about keeping the rules and, 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 and living your life inside the lines. Because sometimes I color outside the lines. <laughs> and, and maybe you do too. And so if you are, are like me, boy, and, and the message of salvation and how we get to heaven uh, it's just by about how good or, or how good you are and how not bad you are. I don't know a better way to say that, <laughs> but just how good you are. You know, salvation gets to be a message that's that's kind of um, tough to live up to. Well, the good news for us is that Jesus brought a radically new message of salvation. And this message that Jesus brought was that you're not saved because you're a certain kind of race. You're not saved because you do a great job at keeping all the rules. You're not saved by how good you are. But you're saved because of how good God is. And we're saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ and through a genuine repentance of our hearts towards God. And the message that Jesus brought then was not a, a message of salvation by works, but a different phrase we call salvation by grace through faith. The grace that God has given to us. Grace meaning undeserved favor. And the faith that we place in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul captures this understanding of salvation by grace through faith beautifully in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, where he says this, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. This was a radically new message that Jesus shared in his day. Because everyone thought that grace was about how I live my life and the results of that and how good I can be and how good I can be from refraining from the bad and refraining from evil and refraining from sin. And Jesus says, not about how good or bad you are. It's about how good God is that He can save someone like you and someone like me. And this sent shockwaves, shockwaves, through the church during that time. And thus, Jesus was, was resented and vilified by the Pharisees. But our salvation now, because we believe what Christ taught, our salvation comes through 
grace through faith and also through the forgiveness of our sins through a genuine repentance of our own hearts. And 1 John 1.9 tells us that if we confess our sins, that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What a, what a, what a beautiful passage of Scripture that is, that, that we can be purified by God's grace. And what repentance does is it restores the right relationship that we have with God. Because repentance isn't just about saying, oh, Lord, forgive me for my sins. That's forgiveness. Repentance is the turning of our hearts away from the things that we followed now to following God. Repentance is a a, a 180 degree turn from where you were going to following God. And repentance calls us to turn away from our sins. And repentance is serious business. It's just not playing games spiritually where, where we say we believe, but we keep doing the things that we always did. That's not repentance. Repentance really changes our lives because we don't do the things that we used to do. And our relationship with Jesus is way too important than to mess around with that. Amen? And Simon Peter, when he preached his very first sermon, talked about repentance. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Simon Peter's words were, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Repent. Turn around. Walk in the opposite direction. Turn towards God. Give up your former way of life so you can live for God fully. That was Simon Peter's call. And on that day, the church was born and 3,000 people were baptized on that day. Hallelujah. On that day, a ripple effect occurred. I mean, it just, it began on that day, but that ripple effect has reached us today because people are still being saved. People are still being called to repentance. And along the way, that ripple effect reached one of our own. Today, there's going to be a video that comes up in just a moment where our own Pastor Robert Churchman shares his testimony of a life that has been impacted by the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. Watch this video. Hello, my name is Robert Churchman, and I am one of the pastors on staff here at Mission Church. When I was 12 years old, I accepted Christ in my heart at my local church in Concord, California. I was on fire when I first received Jesus. He was my best friend, and I talked to him always. And in fact, I even felt called into the ministry. However, I did not understand what it meant to be called. And the church was not prepared to support me with my calling. And because of that, I made some bad decisions. In fact, I decided not to follow God fully into my ministry calling. Instead, I decided to follow others. I still went to church. In fact, I went every Sunday, and I thought that was what I was supposed to do. In 2012, I made a poor decision. I hit a brick wall. It was something I should not have done. 
And in doing so, I got to take a free ride in an ambulance and spend a half a day at the hospital. This crisis caused me to re-examine my life. In 2013, Pastor Runyon had a know that you know that you know sermon. I went home that night and I prayed because I wanted to know because I was struggling with my life. I wanted something better for myself. And so I prayed every single day. And that's when I knew that I knew that I knew that I had been called into ministry. And that Sunday, Pastor Ryan did an altar call. And he asked everybody who had been touched by that sermon to come up. And I ran up to that altar and I recommitted my life back to Jesus. Not only did I recommit my life back to Jesus, but I was faithful in God's calling me into ministry. After that, I went and I got my local license at the church. I got on, became on staff here at Mission Church. And then I went to Plumlin Nazarene University where I went and applied and I got my master's degree in ministry, which helped prepare me for my ministry calling. And then in 2019, I had the opportunity to start an outreach church called Zephyr House. Zephyr is a location for for residents of formerly homeless veterans. And I was given the blessing to provide the message to them every single week. The second week that I provided a sermon, a gentleman named Jerry Cook came into my service. And would you know it? that he came to me in August of that year and he said, I want to know more about Jesus. So he and I sat and we talked and we talked and we prayed. And Jerry looked at me and said, I want Jesus in my life. And Jesus came into his life because he committed his life that night to Jesus. And I was fortunate enough to baptize Jerry Cook here at Mission Church. God transformed my life. And through my calling, God transformed Jerry's life. And if you are willing to commit your life to Jesus, God will transform your life too. Amen. Wow. What an amazing story. Yeah. I know that you meant that applause for Robert, but really, that applause really is for God, Robert, right? Because it's what God did in your life. And through a truly repentant heart, he turned away from the things that that he did in the past and he followed Jesus with all of his heart. And not only did he find salvation himself, he had the wonderful privilege to share Christ so that someone else can come to know Jesus just like Robert knew him. And when you get involved in someone else's life that way, you know what you do? You participate. God allows you to participate in something that will last forever. Eternity is not something that, that we can touch or know or even have a, understand very well unless, unless God gives us a part of it. And when we share Christ with others, God gives us the wonderful privilege to do something and be involved in something that will last forever. What else in this world can you be involved in that will last for all eternity except when you share Christ with others? 
Thank you, Pastor Robert, for sharing your testimony and for being someone whose repentant heart has changed not only your life, but the lives of others. God bless you. But here's the problem. The problem is that this message of salvation by works continues to creep into the life of this church. We all feel it sometimes. We feel like oh, we need to do better to, you know, in our walk with God. And, and, and there's this feeling that, that somehow or another uh, uh, we, we don't measure up. And, and some of that is true. You know, we, we do fall short. And you know what another problem is? That, that the church sometimes have, have failed the people. I thought I was going to get an amen there. Thank God I didn't. <laughs> but that's the truth. Sometimes in the history of our church, the church has failed. And salvation by works continues to creep back into the church. Because it's easy for pastors like myself to preach and say things like, if you attended church more often, then maybe you could be saved. Which isn't true. It's not about your attendance. Or the pastor could say, you know, if you sinned a little less, then maybe you could be saved. Which is, again, not true, because it's not by how good we are. Sometimes the pastor might even say, you know, if you tithe a little bit more, maybe you could be saved. Now that's true. No. <laughs> that's not true. But can I tell you that that's a message that has been preached before in the history of the church? And sadly, there was a time in church history when it was taught that you could purchase indulgences for the forgiveness of your sins and you would find salvation. Dark days in the life of the church. And that's when the church has failed at times. And we'll be honest with you about that. But the truth is that the church has no power to offer, to, to give salvation to, 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 to save people. The church has no power to save people. All the church can do is offer it, and it is God who saves us. Only Jesus gives salvation. And history tells us not only that story, but again and again and again, stories of when the church has lost its way. But here's good news for us. We serve a great God. Amen? And whenever the church loses its way, God intervenes and God raises up leaders to grab hold of the church and lead the church back into the right path that it should be. And when the church lost its way, one of the people that God used was a, was a man named Martin Luther. And Martin Luther was one of the greatest reformers in the church. And this is connecting the dots to where we're going to eventually end up. Martin Luther was committed to the Bible. And he was, he was committed to God. And he began to see what was happening in the life of the church. And he said, this is, this is not right. What I'm reading here, salvation's not by buying and selling indulgences. It's by grace through faith. And so, many of you know the story. He nailed up on his church in Wittenberg the thesis, the 95 thesis, and that rocked the world and it began the Protestant Reformation. And, uh, and one of the highlights of the Protestant Reformation was the, the realigning of the message of salvation back 
to where it should be. Not by buying and selling indulgences, but by the grace of God through repentance, which justifies, which reestablishes our right relationship with God. And today, I'm so excited to, to introduce to you Alice, uh, Alex, Alex, would you come? And, and I got to know Alex uh, when I first came to, to church here at Mission. And, uh, and eventually I got to hear Alex's story. And it is a story of how someone, through prayer, was able to find their way back into a right relationship with God. Alex, will you share your story? Okay. Hi, guys. My name is Alex. I was actually born and raised in the L.A. area. I actually grew up not believing in God. I was actually an atheist from a very young age, and I grew up believing the same way right up into college. What was interesting during that time was that my mom would continuously pray every day for me to find Jesus. I actually attended UCSD, which is a university dedicated to the sciences, and this helped confirm my atheistic beliefs. And during that time, a friend invited me to a service here at Mission Church. Honestly, I was afraid of attending church because even though I didn't believe in God at the time, I was afraid of his judgment. And you could say that I was really, really lost, and it felt like I was facing a parent after you really disappointed them. And I knew I wasn't living the life that God wanted me to live. During this time, I was a really angry person. I was so filled with pride, and I would often fight with my parents. And when I was angry, I would drink a lot and party a lot as an outlet. And I actually grew up Catholic, and I remember when I would attend church, the Mass was very structured and liturgical. And to my surprise, my worship here at Mission was incredibly different It was not as structured or ritualistic, but more spirit-filled, and that really impacted me. But more spirit-filled, but singing to God directly was something I never experienced, and it was incredibly beautiful to me. I really enjoyed service and decided that I would come back. And through the messages that I heard and that I learned that I would have a relationship with God again, that was something I didn't even know was possible and something that I really needed. And I learned that my relationship with God was not based on having to prove myself. I learned that I was fully accepted and loved by God. And I realized that despite not believing in God at the time, he was always with me and is with me right now. And after I accepted Christ into my life, I surrendered my anxiety, my hurt, my anger, my pain, and my fear. And that was so difficult to do. But when I did, I began to change. And as a new believer, I experienced falling in love with Jesus for the first time. Yeah. And since that time, I'm not the same person anymore. Now I have relationships with people built on care for one another. I have peace that I have never felt before. I am more humble than I am prideful. And I feel loved by Jesus and the people of Mishanaz. And looking back, I can see that my mom's prayers were answered. And I know my relationship with God is where it should be. (laughs) 
sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. I got more emotional than you did. <laughs> what a beautiful story of what God can do in the life of people. When parents start praying for their kids who, who don't even believe what can happen. And by the grace of God, someone who has no faith in Him shows up at a place like this. Sorry. Shows up at a place like this. And here's the saving message of Jesus. And their lives are changed forever. That excites me to the core. And I, I pray that you can feel that excitement as well. Because it's so real. <laughs> it's authentic. And let us revel in that. Because salvation is something that is truly transforming. When real repentance happens, and we turn away from what, where we were going, and, and follow the way Christ calls us to go. That's when lives get changed. That's when real change happens in people's lives. When we seek God with all of our heart. And, and God helps us to walk in a new way. Not bound by our past and the things that used to hold us down. But freed from that so we can live the way God calls us to live. And in our salvation, we received eternal life. Right? The, the, the blessing and, and the glory of knowing that we will live eternally in the presence of God. And what a great thing that is. But we also receive power to live as Christ calls us to live here on earth. And that's a great joy. That's a joy that you can experience today. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants us to live a full life here on earth and to live out the faith that he's called us to live. So let me pick up on continuing to connect the dots with Jesus. That after the Protestant Reformation... Many new churches began. And one of the churches that began was the Church of England. We call it the Anglican Church. That church eventually became the Episcopal Church. But in the Anglican Church, there was a young pastor. His name was John Wesley. And John Wesley was a pastor in the Anglican Church. And he loved God. And he loved the Word of God. And he loved preaching the Word of God. But wouldn't you know it? That in spite of all that, he still struggled with having peace in his own soul about his own walk with God. There was a, a deeper relationship that he knew he didn't have and he was missing out on. And so one night he, he attended a service where the reading of Martin Luther's commentary on Romans was being taught. And he heard Romans chapter 1 verse 17 where it says the just will live by faith. And that deeply touched him. That moved him. That changed him. Because he knew that it, 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 it wasn't that, that our, our, our life, our salvation wasn't going to be by works. And it, it wasn't going to be by, by indulgences that we pay. Or any other way. Salvation is found in nowhere else but in Christ Jesus. And the transforming work of God through the Holy Spirit. 
I'm excited today to introduce someone else to you if you haven't met him yet. His, his name is Steve Horrocks. And, uh, and Steve uh, recently joined uh, the staff of this church being our kind of our director of facilities. And, and through that, I got to know Steve and, and I got to hear his testimony and the transforming work of God in his life. And I've asked Steve to come and share your story. Thank you. Like a lot of families, um, I, came, I was raised in a broken home. My family, uh, my parents got divorced when I was 10 and I ended up living with my mother. Growing up in a family that never attended church, um, the only time I heard, uh, well, Jesus or Christ or God was when I was being yelled at. And uh, by the time I turned 15, my uh, mother decided, uh, she got remarried, and decided that she was going to uh, move away with her new husband uh, away from the town I grew up in. So I decided that uh, I wanted to stay where I was. So I started, uh, I found work. And I was able to live with my sister for a little while and then her and her family. And then I moved out on my own. Still all the while getting my education the best I could. Um, when I was 17, I was invited to a youth group. And uh, while I was there, I saw all these kids my age with a smile on their face. And I just couldn't figure out what it was. And, of course, later I figured out that it was the Holy Spirit in their lives. A short time after that, I was invited to a youth trip or a youth retreat. And on this retreat, uh, it was camping and fishing and all the things I love. So absolutely, I signed up for it. And I still remember uh, in the evening the, the pastor uh, offering us if we really want to accept Christ in our lives. And I thought, well, okay, I've heard about God. You've talked about it. I want to hear more about it. And I'll give you my life. And this is my conversation to God. I said, you know, You've got a week to change me, because I know the sinner I am, and it's going to take all that you've got to make that happen. And he was true to his word, as was I. I decided after that week that I was going to be different, and I was going to live my life better. And even to this day, it's a work in progress, but I definitely strive for living Christ-like and the way he wants me to be. At the age of 17, uh, I started working in construction. At 18, I got my contractor's license, and I started a business. And I decided right then that I wanted to make sure that I put God first in all I do. So I called my company uh, G&S Construction, God and Steve Construction. <laughs> and so when people asked, that's what it was all about. That was great. And when I was 20 years old, I had the opportunity for the first time to go on a mission uh, trip from our church. And it was going to work with Amor Ministries down here in Mexico, which a lot of you know about. And on that trip, God spoke to me, and I got my calling. And I thought, I had another conversation with God. God, you got to be kidding. You want me to be a missionary? And, and you have to understand, my perception of a missionary was individuals that really couldn't make it here in the real world. And so they had to go abroad. Some place where they weren't really known to make it. And, of course, I was wrong, and so gratefully. And there was a verse that, during that time of decision on whether I should be a missionary, came to me, or God gave to me. It's Psalms 37, 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
After 40 years of serving in the ministry, I can't imagine doing anything else different. And honestly, um, um, I, I really wouldn't do anything different. And the blessing that my wife and I have experienced and shared together has been more than we could ever imagine. And I'm really thankful today that I've got to share my story. Thanks. What a beautiful story of a child growing up. Broken family. Dysfunction everywhere. He didn't tell you all the details he told me. But dysfunction everywhere. What chance does a kid like that have at knowing Jesus? Except for the youth group that he goes to, where the teens there, they had an amazing impact on his life because of the testimony of their lives. They had the joy of Jesus in them. And Steve didn't. And he was like, what is wrong with these kids? (laughs) But then he found out that they were the right ones. Because they had known about the saving grace of Jesus. And that transformed a life from great dysfunction to becoming a missionary. God is good, amen? I'm on the verge of tears again. (laughs) Because just how good God is. But I'm going to continue the story and continue to connect the dots. Because with God's help, John Wesley who himself was transformed that night, knowing that there was a deeper relationship to be had than just being saved and sought out to be set apart, to be used by God, to be sanctified. And he began a movement which became the Methodist Church. And that Methodist Church began in England and eventually moved its way west to America. And in the 18, the early 1890, the late 1800, early 1900s, the Methodist Church uh, grew into the, the West Coast to where we're at. And there was a young pastor named Phineas Brzee. And he was serving a church in Los Angeles. But Pastor Brzee was, had a passion for serving the poor in the inner city. And he left his comfortable church to serve those who needed him the most in the inner city. And he began a fledgling ministry that eventually became the church of the Nazarene. And I tried to connect the dots, very large brush strokes from Jesus to where the church of the Nazarene began. And, uh, and, and when the church of the Nazarene began in Los Angeles, it got organized in 1908. Many of you guys know this story. And that movement continued to grow and a brand new church started here in San Diego and they were called San Diego First Church of the Nazarene. And from that church on Euclid Avenue, a brand new church branched out of that and started on University Avenue, which became the story of us, Mission Church. Now, next Sunday, Pastor Paul is going to pick up that story and you're going to hear a lot more testimonies of people like Barry Jones who was there from the very beginning. <laughs> and, uh, and they're going to tell their story about how that church began in University Avenue and all that God did 
to help us to get to where we are at today. And I'm excited for, for that sermon and for Paul, for you to share that story. But it would be amiss if today, as we close this service, if we just didn't, if we didn't take an opportunity to renew our commitment to Jesus, to restore the faith of salvation and what that means to each of us, that Jesus taught that salvation that comes through repentance, right? Salvation by grace through faith comes through repentance is the realigning of our right relationship with God by turning our back on the things that held us from all that God would have us to do to moving forward to living a life that God calls us to live and living in that salvation, living in that joy, living in that freedom because Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Church, are you living that full life today? The life of knowing that not just that you're saved, but that each day is a gift that God gives to you that you can be changed and transformed more and more into His likeness. The first step of membership here at Mission Church is that you must be saved. Yeah. Why, why join the church if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And so today... If you would like to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're watching online today and you've not made a commitment to Jesus to accept Him into your heart and life and to, to, to receive every good thing that Jesus wants to share with you, His forgiveness, His redemption, His mercy, His grace, and salvation by grace through faith. This is not what you do. It's what God does in you. Today, you can know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're walking with God, and like Paul said, not, I'm sorry, Robert, like Robert said, I accepted Christ, I was excited, but I began to follow others instead of Jesus until he had another opportunity to recommit his heart back to Jesus. That's where you're at. What a great day to come back to Jesus, right? And begin this wonderful journey here at Mission Church with the people you know and love. So today I've asked Robert if he would come over here. And then Steve and Alex, would you come? I'm going to stand right here. We're going to sing a song, Blessed Assurance. (laughs) Because we do have that when we know Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We're going to sing this song. And if you would like to pray, If you'd like to come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to recommit your heart back to God. If you want to live the full life that God is calling you to live, come pray with one of us. And we just want to to wrap you in God's love and enjoy journeying with you on this spiritual journey so that we can take the first steps towards membership and more importantly, take the first steps of making that connection with Jesus. Amen.